0: solar bathroom renovations kitchen renovations anything like that head across to tradie.wiki forward slash pod for podcast tradie.wiki forward slash pod for podcast a book in a conversation it is game-changing if I told you guys that in order to increase the profit within your organization you don't need any more work and you don't need any more leads what would you say in today's podcast, guys, we're going to talk about how you can drive more profit from your projects, which means you don't necessarily mean more work, need more work. Effectively, you may even want to reduce the amount of work. But what we're talking about here is how you can fill the holes in your bucket before you start filling the bucket. That way, you can set it up to scale if that's something you want to do. This podcast is an absolute revelation for anyone out there that feels like they're losing money on jobs. It's all about how you can drive more profit out of the projects that you've been working on. And I know you guys are going to benefit from this. Enjoy the show. Today's podcast has been proudly brought to you by Tradie Web Guys. Trady Web Guys work with tradespeople only on their websites and marketing solutions to help them stand out from their competition. Everything from web design through to SEO, search engine marketing, content creation, you name it, guys. It is a customized solution for trade based organizations and it's fantastic. Head across to TradyWebGuys.com.au forward slash apply, fill in the form, and let's have a conversation.
1: Giving tradies and contractors around the globe the tools to run a modern business. You're listening to Toolbox Talks from the Siteshed. Now, here's your host, Matt Jones.
0: Hello, listeners and the viewers. Welcome back to the Siteshed Podcast. My name is Matt Jones, and I am joined today by Mr. Marty Amos from The Professional Builder. Marty, welcome back. Hey,
1: Matt. Hey, Garm. Glad to be back, Matt. This is the third
0: and final. <laughs> episode of the um amazing series that we've been conducting called three the three steps on taking your business from chaos to control this episode is called driving more profit from your projects Um, and guys if you missed the first two Definitely go back and check them out. In the previous episode, number two, that was the ultimate process for removing yourself from your trade business. Marty was teaching us some awesome frameworks on how you can implement systems, standard operating procedures, policies, et cetera, that can help remove you from certain areas within your business where your time is best not spent. Very important. The idea is, of course, guys, that you you can... Pit by pit, remove yourself from the operations of the business so effectively it can run as much without you as possible. Uh, in the first episode, we, w- it was called how to get booked out six to 12 months in advance without competing on price. And uh, that episode pretty much speaks for itself. But I definitely encourage you to go check that one out because within that episode, um, Marty left some really good value and information in regard to how you can target the right customers and not deal with tire kickers. So I definitely encourage you to go check those two out. If you are here for the first time, this is the Sideshare Podcast, of course, you may be listening to this or you may be viewing it. We also record these uh, as videos. So by all means, you can go check them out on YouTube or in the Facebook group. Uh, Marty, we are here today to talk about driving more profit from your
1: projects. Yes. All right. So... Previously, we talked about how to build systems into your business and then how to create a sales and marketing machine. Now, being able to drive more money from your projects comes down to a couple of key things. Number one is being able to pick and choose the right kind of jobs. So if you've got plenty of leads and regular deal flow coming from great marketing, obviously having a great website then one of those key things and having a great sales process is you don't have to compete on price to take a job at a lower margin just to keep you guys busy if you have plenty of leads the right kind of jobs and you're positioned as the authority within your niche or your specialist within your niche what we talked about previously then you can pick and choose the right kind of jobs that suit you it's such a
0: rewarding position to be in and By all means, it doesn't happen overnight for any of you new guys coming into business. But trust me, you will get there eventually where you're in a position where you can happily and not regretfully turn work away and just say, no, thanks. This one's not for us. And it's such an empowering position.
1: Yeah. When you're booked out six to 12 months in advance, you don't have to take any jobs because you're like, dude, hey, look, we're not a good fit. Or hey, yes, we can fit you in, but not until March.
0: Yep. Uh, I I know we didn't talk a whole lot around like the niching side of things. Um, And I know we've we've presented on this on many different occasions from many different locations, but um, you know, it it is an, it is a very powerful tool in the arsenal when like you say, Marty, you can position yourself as the expert or the authority in a certain vertical or a niche of a vertical. So, you know, but sure you're a plumber, but you're the hot water specialist or the block drain specialist or whatever it is. Uh, It is very powerful and it does make your marketing a lot easier And by that, I mean, it's far easier for you to position yourself as a hot water expert than it is as the hot water expert in Sydney, Northern Beaches, Wellington, whatever, than it is to say I'm the best plumber because it's a marketing nightmare. And it gets your foot in the door, gives you the ability to cross-sell, upsell, cross-promote, so on and so forth. So there's a lot of value in that. Yeah. Um, And I'm really interested to hear about driving more profits from projects because, I mean, like more profits can, of course, come from alleviating a lot of the... Um, unnecessary um, I suppose expenses that are happening within a company uh, inefficiencies,
1: maybe I should reword that Um, so I'm pretty keen to hear what you're you're yeah. so so three key aspects to it, number one is deal flow so that comes from sales and marketing, have plenty of the right kind of leads to pick and choose from get booked out 6-12 months in advance and then you don't have to compete on price or take a job at a lower margin, number two Actually, pricing the job correctly is huge. So, when do you know what you should be adding in for project management? Do you know what you should be adding in for overhead recovery margin? Do you know what you should be including for P and G, travel, etc.? We have these all mapped out in spreadsheets for our members, so that they don't ever miss anything. And then, once that's all added up, you need at least in building anyway. You need at least a 20% gross profit margin, not markup, margin. The reason why is because most building companies operate on an 8 to 12% overhead structure of their revenue. So, what that means is that if you've got a $5 million turnover revenue building company, you might have overheads, fixed costs to run your business around 10%. So, what that means is that if you have a if you have a 11% gross profit margin, what that means is you're only going to get $550,000 to cover that $500,000 of overheads, which means you're only going to make 50 grand on a $5 million turnover. So the worst thing that you can do is get busy and full of unprofitable work yeah. by tying you guys up on maybe bigger jobs that are at lower margins or not controlling the labor hours on the way through. So number two is to price the job correctly. And number three is to control the job on the way through. And the way of controlling the job on the way through, typically sub-trades will give you a fixed price for the plumbing, sparkies, tiling, jibbing, et cetera, et cetera. Materials would be typically, well they are, so we want to make sure we're looking in the jumbo bins each day, make sure that the guys aren't wasting, that you've got the right sort of guys on the right jobs for productivity. But where it comes down to where the rubber meets the road, the biggest opportunity is in the labour hours. So the easiest way to do this is forecast versus actual. So it's not just one big washing machine of 1,000 labour hours. It might be 10 stages of 100 hours. And we're going to break that down to getting the slab down. Great, if that was 100 hours, how are the guys going relative to? Do they know where they need to be by next Wednesday?
0: Then, a when you're doing of, the a f- lot of those tools you spoke about in the last episode, can help you do that, can't they? With the Gantt yeah. sort of style, oh, okay, hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So we want to break down if we're doing the framing, and we think it's going to be hundred hours. Have you, in the beginning, got the foreman to help forecast the labour hours for doing the framing? Now he should be. In, if he's running that job, he should be involved in doing the forecast of the labour hours as well, and he should have some sort of incentive, whether it's getting twenty percent of the labour saved, for example, or simply getting a success fee at the end of the job based on how well that job went according to labour and quality, because he's going to be up to eighty percent of the success of whether it comes in on time and under budget, how well he drives it. Does he have the uh, junior guys? So, the laborers and the hammer hands doing, filling up the jumbo bins, going to get the smoke doing the demolition work, et cetera, et cetera. So, you've got to make sure you've got the right guys on the right jobs. Some guys also are better at detail, better at finishing off jobs. Other yeah. guys are great at getting jobs up out of the ground, uh, getting the slab down, et cetera, et cetera, or doing the framing.
0: Team profiling, another
1: conversation. Yes, yes, team <laughs> profiling as well. So, there, there's Six key margin multipliers, we've actually got a book that's got 186 margin multipliers where our members, 250 plus of our professional building members, went through over six months and we itemized 25 different strategies in labor, 25 different strategies on materials, 30 different strategies on productivity on site, and we went through the different areas of building to come up with the most, basically a checklist and strategies on how you can apply these. They fall into six key areas. Three of them are going into the job and three of them are coming out. So the three going in, number one, make sure that you've got plenty of marketing, the right kind of marketing to get booked out six, 12 months in advance so you don't have to pick and choose a job. Number two, position yourself as the surgeon within the niche. So what Matt and I were talking about earlier was you're not just a builder, you might be a villa renovation specialist or you might be a specialist in reclabs. So you can still take whatever other work that meets your your targets or your criteria, but we're going to get known and get full of work that you get plenty of case studies, lead gen magnets, testimonials, and guides as to why you're the best in that particular niche. And then lastly, pricing what we've just talked about. So they're the three to get right going in, but it's possible to get a 20% margin going in, but it to get eroded at maybe 13, 14, 15% when the job is uh, finished. So first key thing is to make sure that your foreman has some sort of incentive and he's well-tracked going through the job. Second, regular meetings. So toolbox meetings every Monday, construction meeting every week to make sure the job's on track, anything tricky coming up, get the QS estimator involved, get the sub-trades involved, et cetera. And then the guys filling in their forecast labor hours versus actual hours each day. So it's not just one big washing machine of a thousand hours and we get to the end, we go, oh shit, did we make a profit or not? This is gonna allow us to track every day and every week. Are we on track? Now, this is a nightmare to do by pen and paper, but a lot easier with software and project management software as well. Yeah,
0: there's some I mean, I don't know if you have any preferences. I'm just trying to figure some on the top of my head. I think Deputy does one quite well where it manages payroll and hour management, that sort of stuff.
1: Yep. Yeah, probably the biggest one in construction is builder trend. Oh okay. the residential home builder space. That allows
0: the technicians to put their hours to each day. Okay, cool
1: exactly there's other ones out there there's like harvest there's clock shark ones that are specific hours to be attributed to jobs but that's that's the biggest one typically the materials you're going to look in jumbo bin uh make sure the guys aren't chucking stuff in the back of their utes at the end of the day (laughs) and your sub trades typically are going to give you a fixed price if they're not giving you a fixed price then you need to watch them like a hawk and ensure that you have an agreement with your sub-trades and your subcontractors. You need to have a contract in place with them. This is a business. Treat it like a business. Um, and we've got all these templates that help make sure that you're doing that right. I read a
0: good quote, actually, in this book I'm reading at the moment from Jim Olzinski, um, Bumps on the Road to Riches. He's a trade dude. but um, He was saying, it's better to have a, I'm paraphrasing here, but I hope I get it right. Better to have a bad quote from a good person than a great quote from a bad person.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Sorry, got
0: quote agreement. Better yep. to have a, yeah contract contract. Yes, hundred percent.
1: I knew I'd dick it up. You got there in the end. <laughs> <laughs> so right. Now, now, one of the biggest things with making more money is if you're not happy with where you're at, if things aren't going right, then change it. Do something different. And typically, people don't have business problems. They have life problems that have flowed over into their business. So if you're not a person who looks at your, do you get a monthly profit and loss, even simple stuff, and compare your, do you have a budget that you're comparing it to? You should have a forecast profit and loss and also be back costing your jobs in real time. So we want to back cost them in real time so that we're not waiting till the end of the job to see how we went we can make changes as we're going
0: I found one of the biggest things for me in this in that scope of what you were just speaking about there is is, is doing it regularly so if you can do it weekly fantastic i mean if you're running a big company you should have someone doing it daily and you know, almost but i mean keeping on tra- track of those things Enables you to be a lot more agile and shift position when things aren't going the right way Whereas if you leave it for you know a quarterly review or whatever Like by the time three months have gone like it's such a massive shift in momentum to change direction that it often It often ends up costing you more but where it's a week or two you can kind of see things uh, Hang on hang on hang on let's steer it back in this way a bit
1: more. Yeah, the the horse has bolted then So, numbers are the language of business. And I find a lot of tradespeople don't understand their numbers or they're fearful of them or they'll put their head in the sand and not look at them. And just looking at your bank account is not enough because you need to know what are your debtors like, what's coming in, what's going out, and understand what the movements in your bank account are. And that's done via a cash flow forecast. And all the cash flow forecast is looking at what money is coming in, from deposits, milestone payments, etc., etc., over the next wee while. And then what money is going out, and variable costs or cost of sales, so payroll, guys on site, sub-trades, uh, materials. And then what are all your overheads that you need each month to run your business? And this will allow you to get a break even, whereby all you do is you take what are your fixed costs, divide them by your gross profit ratio, allows you to, so if it's 20% and you need 100 grand each month to um, keep the lights on, then you know that you need five hundred grand in sales each month. So all you do is you divide your revenue by your gross margin. That twenty percent gives you what your amount that you need to break even.
0: Man, it's one of those things, and I, you know, there'll be a lot of listeners out there thinking, "I'm a plumber, I'm a sparky, I'm a builder." Like all well, everything you're talking about here right now sounds like a straight up accounting degree, and I think like one of the biggest you know problems you know with the trades doing an apprenticeship or you know going through industry, industry training today is there's very little influence on these sort of things which fine don't really affect you when you're serving your trade but once you get to that you know the end of your cert three when you're deciding okay i want to get my license and i want to become a, and start a business um it doesn't matter how good you are at swinging a hammer like this is the kind of shit you need to understand yeah,
1: exactly now, just, just it can be scary if you've come from being great carpenter, great at building. You need to learn the skills, and it will help give you clarity. It'll give you confidence, and the, it's not that hard to understand. There's only two sets of numbers you need to know. Number one, your inputs, your KPIs, the number of leads, conversion rate, etc., average style sale, and number two, the outputs. So that's your revenue your growth profit margin, your variable costs, and your fixed costs, which lead to your net profit. So KPIs and your outputs. And then it's a simple process to go, okay, great, we're looking at that. Hey, our gross margin is lower this month. It's only 14%. It should be at 20%. What are three things that we can do to improve our gross margin in the next month and get it up to 16 17 18%? And all we're going to do is apply three strategies. And it might be one, start to track the labor hours, forecast versus actual via the guys. Two, incentivize the foreman based on the number of labor hours saved. And three, we're actually going to check how much downtime are the guys spending, how long are they going for smoker, are they showing up on time, etc. cetera. So very quickly, we can start to make some improvements. And when you see improvements in numbers, they flow through into your bank account. And that's the most exciting part about numbers in business is it shows up in your bank when you do the right things yeah it's all about filling the holes in the bucket before you fill the bucket exactly because no point pouring more money in marketing and sales if you have got lots of holes in terms of productivity and it's your cash flow draining out
0: yeah i mean i suppose fundamentally when we talk about driving more profits from your from your projects i think it's important that guys realize that it's not always about generating more leads generating more sales it's about like you said before, fill in the holes in the bucket so that there's more profits left from what you're currently doing. It, we, we say exactly the same thing from, from you know when people come to us and saying well, we need more leads. And you say, well, hang on a second, you're getting a lot of leads. You're just not converting any of them. Yeah. The problem's not yeah. the lead flow. The problem's the fact that your conversion rate's terrible.
1: Exactly. So I guess if I was to summarize, what are the key things to start making more profit per job? The first thing is to understand numbers tell you a story about what's working well and not working well in your business and what area you should focus on. To do that, you need a dashboard and that dashboard is a one-page set of numbers that's gonna cover off both your inputs and your outcomes. So number of leads, conversion rate, average dollar sale, what your margin is, your revenue, your overheads, and your net profit.
0: And as well, you you may find as well, for listeners out there, I mean, I know we did this, we found when we got really, really granular and targeted with who our specific customers are and our qualification process that we saw a dramatic reduction in our leads, but that was by design that yeah. all came through the right targeting. But then we looked at our conversion off the back of it and the conversion was far higher. So we're getting a higher conversion through less leads, which is, a, which is far better than having high
1: leads with a low conversion. 100% because you're talking to the right people and the engine or the wheel is not having to turn as fast in your business. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, make sure you've got the right sales and marketing so you've got plenty of the right kind of leads to pick and choose from. Understand the numbers that drive your business. Price to a target margin and for building company owners, that target residential building company owners, that target margin needs to be at least 20% plus. Then Next, control the job on the way through. So by having visible milestones, breaking the job down by stage. And if you've only got 10 stages on a job and it's over four months, you might put in some mini milestones so it gets 18 stages. Or move to weekly payments as opposed to payments by milestone. So you can do that so that it helps your cash flow. Mm. And then lastly, look at every way in which you can squeeze the orange or squeeze a lemon, and we've actually got we've got a document that goes through 186 different ways on which you can improve the profitability per job. So if people want, I'll make that available and put that onto your resource page as the one for um, this topic, which I think will oh, help people massively.
0: Beautiful. Well, mate, look, this has been absolutely fantastic. I mean, as you said, we could go on for days, months, years talking about this sort of stuff. And I dare say there will inevitably be a follow-up series where we will talk about some of the questions that people have. However, I want to thank you for your time. It's been amazing. These three three, um, episodes that we've conducted to make up the three steps on taking your business from chaos to control Series Now, I have a challenge for the audience out there, for all the listeners. I want you to go and implement at least one thing from each episode, and I want you to track it over the course of the next three months, and then I want you to just document it right down in a Google Doc or a Word Doc, whatever you use, and then in three months' time, set a reminder in your calendar, and I want you to come back into the Facebook community and post what you've noticed from the metrics that you've been improved from those specific things. There's three things, just one from each episode and go and action it. The biggest thing is, guys, you can take all this information, you can learn it, you can do this. As, as, as uh, the great Jason Spall says, he left this amazing review the other day. You know, he says, it's not about listening to the podcast. It's about going and doing something from what you've learned. And so if you can do one thing from each episode, you will make fundamental shifts. Marty, thank you so much. Theprofessionalbuilder.com is the website. At the professional the builder across social. And if any of you guys have any questions, info at the professional com. All of those links are going to be available in the show notes. So you can head across there and you can get access to all of those things. There's also going to be, as Marty just alluded to before, there's going to be a resource, specific resource page for the professional builder on the siteshed website. And get across there and you can get access to um, whatever resources
1: Marty's going to be leaving behind. Have oh, I missed anything, Marty? No, you've been uh, a, a pleasure. A hostess with the masters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> love talking to you. I uh, Love sharing what's working well for our members. As Matt said, if you if you pick one thing, take massive action, apply that into your business. It's the action that gets results. And uh, if you want, hand with anything, if you're a residential building company owner, yeah, we're here to help. Go to theprofessionalbuilder.com and we'll look forward to helping you take your business to the next level. Perfect. I love it. Well, listeners, that is a wrap.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Toolbox Talks. If you're liking what you hear, then you can head across to thesiteshed.com where you can join our community by signing up to our Toolbox Talks. Uh, You'll get sent a weekly notification, which is basically a highlight of everything that we've spoken about during that week, along with any other industry news that may be relevant or specific to the trades. If you're enjoying the show, you can head across to iTunes, Stitcher or SoundCloud where you can leave us a review. Uh, that would be fantastic and all the reviews get read out in the show. Uh, likewise, if you have any friends or colleagues that you think would benefit from the show and the, the episodes that we create, then please go ahead and share it with them. 13,000% return on ad spend, please head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcasts. That's tradeywiki forward slash pod for podcast. It will be well worth the conversation. And I can't wait to chat with you. Ciao.